Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, Western Canada's premier travel radio show, where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. We're keeping it local in our podcast this week, as in getting some staycation ideas and some tips on where to go for a local hike in the outdoors. So in a few moments, we're going to chat with travel blogger Cashley Kucherin about her recent blog, 10 Staycation and Local Travel Ideas. It's on her website, travelloffpath.com. And then a little bit later, author and adventure travel writer Lee McAdam will join us to talk about some of the local hiking trails we can explore this summer. Her website is hikebiketravel.com. But to start things out, Dave Kaiser, president and CEO of the Alberta Hotel and Lodging Association, joins us to give us an update on when some of the hotels will be opening up again in Alberta and just what the experience will be like staying at a hotel in the next few months. Now, if you remember, Dave was on our podcast a couple of months ago to explain the impact the COVID-19 pandemic has had on the hotel industry, and he's here again to give us an update. Hi, Dave. Hi, Randy. Well, with you yeah, thanks for uh, doing this again. It's been a couple of months since we uh, chatted last. A lot has happened over that time, so uh, tell me how the uh, hotels in Alberta have uh, fared so far. Well, we've you know we've seen, of course, a lot of hotels. Uh, uh, close uh, our last. Uh, we do a what we call our HLA roll, hotel roll call, pretty much every week. And the most recent one I think we had was from around mid-May. And uh, as of that date, we had 126 hotels that were closed. And, and in addition to that, many hotels have closed off a number of their rooms. So I think you know the total number of rooms in the province that were closed, according to our data, was about 58 percent. So still a high number. Yeah, well, I mean, the numbers are that's a high number because we've actually had a lot of the the larger, you know, downtown uh, properties in Calgary and Edmonton were were closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, the Marriott managed, you know, Westons. You know, they have a lot of rooms in those properties, and 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 they closed actually pretty soon into this whole thing. Uh, so, how are some of the government benefits helped, uh, and more specifically, the province allowing hotels to keep the tourism levy? First of all. What is the tourism levy? Maybe give us a quick lesson on what that is and how it's uh, how it's helped keeping that money. Well, the tourism levy is a four uh, percent tax on every uh, hotel room night uh, uh, when people stay at a hotel. So, so those dollars have you know gone to general revenue. It's tax revenue for the government. Uh, historically, uh, you know the, the, those dollars were actually tied to investments in tourism, but uh, you know that that link was was kind of broken a number of years ago. Um, so again, it allows hotels to keep uh, an additional 4% of the dollars they receive from a guest. Um, and, you know, it was one of our asks with government was to do whatever they could to support liquidity for hotels. And then part of that was to, you know, if there's a tax dollar that a you know, hotel is to remit to government to remain in the hands of an operator at this time, um, that's all positive for us. So, so again, we, you know, again, it's a, it's a it's a small measure in some ways, I guess, from a dollar amount, but but you know it it's uh, the principle of it is certainly important for us. Again, every dollar counts right now mm-hmm. uh, at this time. And what about some of the federal measures that were announced? Uh, you know, short term loans and and wage subsidies, those things. Yeah, I think the most significant one is probably will be the wage subsidy as we go forward because that's that's real money and. In you know to help support operations uh, out of the gate, you know, it, it, I guess the, the downside of it is that 
you know, hotels have laid off a lot of staff. So, so it's, it's something that will definitely help support recovery. And, and you know, our, our, our hope is that, and we keep pushing Ottawa to extend uh, that wage subsidy uh, even further for our industry. I think we're going to need it. On the loan side, you know, we've seen there's the two two types of loans. One is more for small businesses. It's a smaller amount. It's 40000 but there was a $10,000 uh, forgivable portion. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's well received by small operators, uh, uh, although many hotels can't access, access that. They're, they're just... Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're larger businesses. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other the other liquidity uh, loans that were announced uh, through the banks and through the, um, you know, BDC and, and things like that. Uh, we've seen, some, you know, some of that is coming out. Uh, uh, the downside, is, it's just really more debt. <laughs> <laughs> True. That <laughs> has to still be paid back. And, and uh, you know, and the interest rates on it are, 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 from what I'm understanding, a bit higher than... So, so again, it's... Uh, you know, it doesn't solve us. It helps maybe bridge things for a bit, but mm-hmm. you know, long term, what we need is we need guests, we need customers, um, we need to we need to have demand come back. Uh, exactly, and I think uh, at least for in the short term, uh, in the next six months or so, it's going to be hard for international travelers to come to Canada. So you're going to be relying a lot locally. Is that true? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I mean, um, we we have no clear view as to how long travel restrictions may remain. So, um, yeah, we're going to be looking at uh, domestic uh, uh, and even regional traffic more so than ever before. And certainly that's going to have a real impact, and he is having an impact on, on, on say, the resort areas uh, for for this summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can I stay in a hotel this week in Alberta? And if if so, what does it look like as a guest? What can I expect? Uh, Well, there's there's many hotels that are are open. I think... uh, you know what you may see that's different is um, a lot of the front desks. You'll you'll see a plexiglass, you know, sort of protection there for for the front desk person and and, and the guest, I suppose. Um, you're going to see less communal access. Uh, you know things like um, you know the buffet breakfast that you know went with room nights are now you, you maybe you'll see grab and go instead because those things are um, you know not allowed. Um, you'll see social distancing measures, you know, signage to kind of distance uh, for guests, and, and including, you know, el- in the elevator use, and probably hand sanitizer stations and wipes in public areas. And, and in some cases, you'll see, certainly see staff wearing, uh, um, you know, protective, personal protective equipment uh, like masks and, and gloves. So, and, and obviously, some of the some of the amenities still off limits, uh, like fitness rooms and you know, pools and things like that. Well, it's Tourism Week starting this week, so uh, hopefully that's the start of better times to come, and, and we'll check back with you in a, in a month or so and see uh, how things are going. Uh, Dave Kaiser is the president and CEO of the Alberta Hotel and Lodging Association. Their website is ahla.ca. Uh, always a pleasure to chat, Dave. Thanks. Thank you, Randy. Nice chatting with you today. Well, it appears that with many travel restrictions still in place, or for financial reasons, a lot of people are looking at staying close to home and doing a staycation in the next few months. That's where travel writer Cashley Kucherin comes in. She recently wrote a blog titled 10 Staycation and Local Travel Ideas. 
You can find it on her website, travelloffpath.com. And Cashley is here now to share some of those ideas. Hi, Cashley. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Tell me a little bit about travelloffpath.com, how it came about. Yes, okay. So a few years ago, my husband and I actually made a radical decision to sell our house and sell 90% of our belongings and start traveling because we knew that that is what gave us the most happiness in this world was traveling, exploring, discovering. And we couldn't do that if we were locked down by big mortgage and lots of bills and all these things that we had surrounded ourselves with. So when we did that, we had a lot of people asking us, whoa, wait a second, why did you do this? Where are you going first? Where are you going next? So we started Travel Off Path as a way to document our own journey. And from that, it's actually grown into, we, we have uh, other writers other than myself and my husband, mm-hmm. and it's turned into a source for travel news, travel guides, um, destination insights, yeah. and of course, we still post our personal journey on there. Nice. Well, there is a lot of information on there. I was looking around, including your article, Top 10 Staycations and Local Travel Ideas, which is uh, very pertinent these days because we can't really go very far. And uh, I think a lot of people, well, we kind of all have the same idea of what a staycation is, but uh, how would you define what a staycation is? Well, I think not only is a staycation one of the most important things that everyone should know about right now, but it really is the most responsible way to explore locally. You can get the travel bug out of your system, and you can also support your local economy. Mm -hmm. So instead of taking a vacation where you leave the country or you even leave maybe your province or state. This is a way for you to stay locally, but kind of get outside your normal everyday routine. It's like taking a mini vacation, maybe even in your own backyard. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to bounce around here, so uh, I doubt if we'll get through all 10 of them, but uh, I'm going to pick, (laughs) well, the first one, it's kind of an obvious one, but it isn't. Picnic with takeout from your local restaurant. So it just goes back to what you're saying. You know, you can uh, order ahead, pick it up, and then go go find a spot in in a park somewhere, right? Exactly. So right now, people want to get out of the house. You don't want to get delivery to your house anymore. You're so sick of eating at your dining room table or your couch, and who can blame you? And maybe you don't have a backyard. Maybe you live in a condo, right? Mm -hmm. But parks, for the most part, in every province are open, as long as you're maintaining social distancing. So a great way to have a little staycation is to find a park in your own neighborhood, get the family together, you know, get some of it. If you have a bubble, if your province has um, included you to have these social bubbles now, Mm -hmm. get someone in your bubble and then order some takeout from a local restaurant, not a chain, locally owned, and bonus points if you can make that cuisine from a different country. Do you have a local Thai restaurant or maybe Ethiopian or maybe a Greek restaurant? Order something that you've never tried before. Get someone together, get the family together, go to the park and have a cool picnic where you get to explore a different culture. It's a great way to kind of get a little bit of that travel bug out of your system and get out of the house and support a local restaurant. Yeah, well, and maybe after you've had your picnic, maybe you can do, like you say, take a tour of your own city, which I think a lot of people, I'm I'm just thinking of, uh, you know, where I live, I think there's places I have never been to. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, so many, like I live in Kelowna and people go, oh my gosh, Kelowna, I went there on vacation, you know, what do you suggest that I do? And sometimes I, I come up blank. I'm like, well, uh, it's my city, so I don't really <laughs> yeah, I don't it know. like you would yeah. on vacation, right? Um, 
So I think that's a great thing is you can explore your own city. And there are apps and websites that you can go to that will actually give you a self-guided tour. You can download it on your phone, put on headphones. It will actually give you a self-guided tour as you walk through your own city, um, usually for bigger cities. But it might work for some Canadian cities. Mm-hmm. But if you have, if there's a local tour company that can open right now under the social distancing guidelines, then have them take you on a tour. They're usually not that expensive. There's probably very good deals going on right now, and you'll discover things about your own city that you had no idea about. It will really open up your eyes and make you grateful for the place that you live in. So true, right? It's right there in front of us almost. Yeah. Um, another one you have uh, is visit a local park, which is kind of goes hand in hand. You may find a park you didn't know about too right yeah right we, we kind of take the same routes every day to work and back we take the same streets uh, and we take the same routes to, to do our errands and sometimes we don't even notice that there are parks right in our own communities or neighborhoods or maybe just one a community over that you've never been to because you you don't have anyone um, that you know that lives there but maybe try, check out that community drive by see if there's a park see if there's something that you can do just to get outside for a little while I don't know if we can do this yet but sooner or later be able to stay a night at a local hotel. Yes, and I think that's so important. So being in the travel industry, I have seen firsthand over the years of local hotels, motels, and bed and breakfast being bought up by these big chains. And what happens is they either tear them down and build a skyscraper or they just change sort of the the unique qualities of these places. And a lot of these places are absolute treasures and they've been suffering for the last few months. So again, once it's safe and once they can reopen with, with proper protocol, I think it's a great idea instead of going to some chain hotel to spend that money and go to a very unique hotel, motel, or bed and breakfast in your own area. Mm. They're always quirky. They're always cool. They usually have some sort of history about them. And again, you'll be like, wow, I, I didn't even know this place existed in my own city. How cool. Yeah. And if, well, and if camping is your thing, even if uh, like myself, I'm not a, I wouldn't even call myself an experienced camper. So to try it out, and if you have young children, uh, instead of risking <laughs> packing all your stuff up and going camping, why don't you just do it in your own back? backyard for a test run. Yeah, it's such a great idea, right? Like you said, a test run is perfect because instead of getting all the way out there, and right now interprovincial travel is not recommended, so why not get a tent, why not get the sleeping bags, and try it out in your own backyard. And one that I th- uh, suggestion you have on here is movie night, but with a different twist. Yes. Um, so again, not like you want to stay at home, but if you do, you can do it outside, perhaps. A lot of people have a projector or you can just get, um, even if it's just a light painted wall, you can project a movie onto, say, the side of a garage or the back of the house. So you could do a movie night outside if weather permits. But I think one of the most important things to do right now is watch uh, watch a movie that was made in your city or your province. A lot of movies have been filmed in Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC. Mm -hmm. Try to find a movie that was produced or made in your province and then you're supporting local film industry but also kind of um maybe the movie is even set in a different place right and yeah. you can get a little bit of the of the travel bug out of your system that way too well the fun thing about that too is when you spot something in a movie and you go hey i know that place <laughs> oh it's my favorite yeah <laughs> <laughs> and of course you know if you know it's always the uh, the home cooking and those types of things going to a local farmer's market and, and experiencing that uh, and and just doing your own cooking at home, right? 
again, yeah, like a lot of farmers markets are open now. And I think it's so important more than ever that if you are going to be cooking at home, which a lot of us are right now, go out and buy the produce from these local farmer markets. They need the income. There are people that have lost almost everything. So instead of buying, you know, your your produce and some fruits and things from California, you need to be supporting some of the local farmers in your area right now, or else they will be gone and your only choice will be to get it from a different country. Very true. Uh, Lots of great tips. Uh, The article is Top 10 Staycation and Local Travel Ideas. The website is travelofpath.com. And Cashley Kucherin is a travel writer, minimalist, and entrepreneur and runs the website travelofpath.com. So so nice chatting with you, Cashley. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Well, even if we can't travel too far just yet, what we can do is explore the great outdoors right here in Alberta. So joining us now to talk about some of the local hiking trails that we can enjoy this summer and give us some hiking tips in general is author and adventure travel writer Lee McAdam. Her website is hikebiketravel.com. Hi, Lee. Hi there, Randy. Uh, Lots of great advice on your website, hikebiketravel.com, even for a novice hiker like myself, but I don't even know if I'm novice. <laughs> but, I think you're uh, a bit more than novice. <laughs> I think we'll give you that. <laughs> I can do it when forced, but uh, you know, just if, if people obviously we can't go too far, but still people want to get out and, and enjoy the outdoors, especially now the weather's nice. So uh, uh, we're going to run through a few ideas on where people can go at, at all different levels, right? Because yes. the the person like myself, it's a novice and. More, more lazy than anything else, <laughs> down to the, you know, the, the people looking for more of a challenge. So, so let's start with someone like myself. Hey, I just want to go out for an afternoon, uh, not too far away, maybe a half hour, hour, you know, hour and a half drive somewhere, park the car and then go for a nice hike. What, the, what suggestions do you have? Um, I've got lots of them, and it just depends on um, exactly how how much do you want to drive. Mm-hmm. If you want to stay pretty close to Calgary, um, good old Nose Hill Park is actually one of my favorites to do because you can get lost in there, basically get lost in there, and you can go forever. It's got something like 60 kilometers of trails. So that's an easy, super easy one. One that isn't on the radar of many people, um, but it now has a $10 parking fee, and that's the Cross Conservation Area. Um, down to the south of Calgary, and it's got about 20 kilometers of very easy hiking trails. Really? No I've dogs never allowed, though. Never heard of it. It is fantastic, and it, is, um, it was a piece of property that started through one of the people that started the, um, the Calgary Stampede. Um, lots of wildlife, take bear spray there, but super easy trails and super beautiful with lovely uh, foothills views. Nice. And then your $10 actually goes to a good cause. Well, that's well. okay. Yeah. Um, Glenbow Ranch Provincial Park uh, on the way to Cochrane is another great choice. And you can take your bikes as well as hike and a myriad of trails. Uh, you can eventually will be able to bike from Calgary to Cochrane. I know we're not talking biking right now, but that gives you an idea of just the extent of the trails in that particular park. Mm. Um, you keep going west, Bow Valley Provincial Park. There's many springs trail. That's a super easy family friendly trail. And if you can actually nab a campground or a campsite in Bow Valley, it would make it uh, a fun uh, kind of couple of days to go there. Yeah. And that's the problem, is trying to nab the campsite. Yeah, they, they sell out very quickly. <laughs> well, you know, they, I did get some last week, but um, going forward, 
they're booking 90 days out, so people have to can still be booking into August. Mm-hmm. So just as a heads up on that one. Um, Bride Creek is unbelievably popular. I've never seen it so busy in my life, um, just going down that Highway 66. But there's a good selection of trails for um, if you want to work out. Prairie Mountain always delivers that workout. You know, you gain 2,300 vertical feet over uh, a couple of kilometers. Um, so I love that trail. Year-round, I love it. Uh, for the families, Fullerton Loop is a good choice right now. And there's a lot of um, other trails off of there, but the snow level's really high this year. And so there's some that maybe by early June, they'll be a lot more accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Troll Falls in Kananaskis country, always an easy family-friendly one, not too hard for anyone, but, you know, just to get out and get those, uh, get those happy hormones going. And if you continue down Kananaskis, uh, there's um, Wasuch Ridge is one of the more difficult ones. Again, it had a lot of snow, but as soon as the snow goes, that is an awesome hike. And it is, it's got beautiful views over to Nakiska Ski Resort, just to put it in perspective for oh, people. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can, you know, it's, it's straight up, but then it's kind of rolling and really quite lovely. Probably don't want to take your kids on that one, <laughs> uh, unless they're really good hikers or you bribe them. <laughs> Bribing does, does wonders with hiking, though, right? There's ice cream at the end of the trail. <laughs> totally, totally. That's... That we used to do that with our kids. Um, if you continue all continue going down Highway 40, you run one of the other easy ones that's super pretty is Black. You start at the Black Prince uh, Cirque Trailhead, and you just walk up to Warspite Lake, and it's maybe a 40-minute walk. So it's a bit of a drive to go up there, but if you're just kind of dilly-dallying around and stopping at all the little campsites to look, that is a wonderful little hike to do. Um, Banff, good news, it's opening, as far as we can tell, June 1st, if all things go well, for day hiking. Mm-hmm. So Lake Minnewanka area, uh, always a good choice for day, day hikes. But um, let me just back up a second. You know, just for the sheer number of hikers out there, because everyone's chomping at the bit to get out, I think people, you know, there's the six-foot distancing, which we all know about, but there's also that breath cloud. And, you know, you're if you're working hard, you're breathing hard, and you're throwing out those droplets. Mm-hmm. So if you're on some of these trails where there's a little more elevation gain, just give people even a little more space, I'd say, just to be on the safe side. Mm-hmm. Um, Canmore, Grassy Lakes, an easy one. Um, you want to get some exercise and uh, breathe hard. Lady, Mount Lady MacDonald uh, usually has snow into, well into May, but you can still climb through some of that snow. Uh, just a wonderful workout with superb views of Canmore. And um, that should give some people some ideas. They can go to my website for sure, for, um, and I'm always happy to answer questions. Now, what about the more central and maybe uh, for people around the Edmonton area? Um, in Edmonton, I think you're really lucky and kind of spoiled to have that Edmonton um, River Valley Trails. They have 160 kilometers of trails there. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. It's like the largest, I think it's the largest urban park in North America. Really? It, it is fantastic. Hmm. So you can hike and you can bike it, and it, um, it's one of my favorite places to go when I'm in town. Uh, again, July f- or June 1st, Elk Island National Park, I'm assuming, is going to be open, and that has a fantastic trails. Um, one I like in particular is on the south side of the highway, and it's called the Wood Bison Trail. Mm-hmm. So it's an easy trail from the perspective of there's not much elevation gain, but um, it's 16 kilometers long, so you can get a good day's workout. And probably see some wood bison, hopefully off in the distance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Um, and then there's a couple of others that are in the vicinity, and one of them is called the Clifford E. Lee Nature Sanctuary. It's not opening till June 1st. Uh, very family-friendly, very nature-oriented, and there are four trails. Nothing's going to be too onerous. But just if you know if you're into birds, your kids are into frogs, they're into, you know, just seeing nature out there, mm-hmm. be a great choice. And another one that is um, between Red Deer and Edmonton is called the J.J. Collette National um, or Natural Area. Mm-hmm. 18 kilometers of trails. One of those places nobody's heard about, right? And so there's things to investigate that people probably aren't aware of. And, you know, I always say just, you know, get on the web and look for conservation areas because they often offer really great hiking trails that are easy. And you're doing, you know, you're sort of doing a good deed at the same time because you're supporting an area. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what about just some, like you, you mentioned, uh, you know, people are huffing and puffing maybe uh, 10 feet better than 6 feet during uh, these days. But any other sort of general guidelines and tips uh, during the, the COVID uh, situation? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still amazed at how many people really aren't self-aware of their surroundings when I'm out there. Um, especially with dogs. And I have a dog. I love, my, I love dogs. But keep your dog close because ideally we're not supposed to be touching other people's dogs right now. And mm. I think people forget that. Um, and then, you know, just back off. Let, you know, give people a little bit of space. If they're going up a hill and you need to step to the side, just step to the side. It's such an easy, polite thing to do. Yeah. And yet, so I'm not going to say so few people do it, but there's a lot of people that still aren't doing that. And we are um, talking spring hiking here with, you know, like streams that are running a little bit harder mm-hmm. and mud. And so, you know, just take a pair of poles so that you don't end up slipping and sliding. And even though it's May or middle May, mid-May, I suggest taking icers with you on some of the hikes that are at high, higher elevation. Um, you never know where you're going to run into ice and snow, and it's just going to give you a lot more, a lot better grip. So I, I throw them in my bag, you know, really up until late June in the summer, just to be on the safe side. What else should be, uh, especially for someone like myself, a novice, should I be throwing in my bag? Because, you know, I don't really think about it much. It's like, okay, let's go for a hike for a couple of hours, and then suddenly I'm half hour in and I'm thirsty. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's something that's called the 10 essentials. And it, the idea behind these is that you, if you get stuck and you do something stupid or something untoward happens to you, you're always going to be okay overnight. But there are little things like I always throw a headlamp in my bag just just in case. Just in case. Um, at this time of year, I like to have some extra clothing, so especially like a pair of, of dry socks because mm-hmm. your feet could well get wet. Uh, raincoats, for sure, some raincoats. Um, a whistle, just, you know, that's one of those mm-hmm. things. Bandana, yeah, I never thought of bandana. that. A bandana can do like a million jobs. Um, so always throw that in. Sunscreen, insect repellent, um, obviously all that hand sanitizer stuff. <laughs> Take that with you too. Um, and just, I always throw bars and extra water in my bag as well. Better to have it and not need it than need well, it and not have it, right? Completely. <laughs> lots, so. of, lots of great tips, lots of great advice. Uh, the website is hikebiketravel.com. Uh, hosted by Lee McAdam. Uh, she's author and adventure travel blogger and knows a lot. So um, <laughs> if you, you have Randy. questions, uh, Lee is the great source. So uh, thanks for your time, Lee. P- uh, pleasure chatting with you. Well, nice to chat with you too. I hope people have fun out there. 
And that is this week's Informed Traveller podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveller radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website at theinformedtraveller.ca. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.